Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today in Virtual Legality, as we so often do, we're going to talk about not the law of video games or pop culture in general, but the business of it. And more specifically, today's video is going to be a potpourri, a bit of a lighter episode on timing questions, questions of dates, reviews, embargoes, pre-orders, early access, day one, game pass, and more. So please stick with us. We've got a lot of interesting things to talk about, all of which kind of coalesce around this question of how you market a video game. So on your screen right now is a bit of concept art from a game coming out this week called Kenya Bridge of Spirits. It might be Kenna. I'm not really clear on the pronunciation there. Either way, it's a game that's coming out. It's a Sony exclusive, and it's an exclusive game that Sony has done a lot to help promote. This is the PlayStation blog on your screen right now. You can see as early as June of last year during the E3 period, Kenya Bridge of Spirits was announced from a company by the name of Ember Lab. And then throughout last year and this year, you've got PlayStation posts, six upcoming games to watch, PlayStation developers, most anticipated games of 2021, new gameplay and story details, bringing the lead characters of life, going all the way through today, September 20th, Say Cheese announcing Bridge of Spirits' photo mode which would suggest that Sony and PlayStation believe in this product from an indie team. I believe it's their first video game. But you'll also notice that these posts are from the company making the game itself, Ember Lab. As we now know from looking at various contracts from things like Abandoned, I'll reference it again as part of this video, Sony has a tendency to lease out the space on its PlayStation blog. It gets a lot of views, it gets a lot of comments, and so it's a valuable space online. I'm not sure exactly what the relationship between Sony and Ember Lab is for this game, but it's noteworthy here that they were invested so much in this, that it was a part of their video presentations. And then as of today, I found out, and maybe you already knew this if you're following this game very closely, that the embargo for release of reviews is not until the release date itself, which is tomorrow. Here's Skill Up saying I'll have a Kenya review live in about 12 hours, which was 12 hours from tomorrow. You have here Mitchell Saltzman, who is a reviewer and writer at IGN, talking about someone else trying to find a Bridge of Spirits review and saying the review reads like a description, trying to maximize the search algorithm by repeating keywords in nonsensical ways. The embargo for Kenya isn't up yet. Be skeptical of any reviews that drop before everyone else's. That's good advice. If there's an embargo, it means that as part of the contractual language that you agreed to for receiving early access code to a video game, you agree not to do certain things. Just like any other intellectual property license that we talk about in virtual legality, that code is owned by the copyright holder, the people that make Kenya Bridges Spirits. And so they can say, hey, you can have access to this code. You can get a license to it, but we can put stipulations on it. And you can agree or disagree. If you use the code, then you will have been deemed to agree. And one of the things they can say is you're not going to put public thoughts up about this game until date X. Here, that date is the date of the release of the game itself. And I look at that and I say, well, that's a potential problem because the way games are sold right now is so heavily focused on pre-orders, is so heavily focused on launch materials that I look at something like this and say, if you're getting codes out into the wild and you are then telling people that they aren't allowed to talk about it until the pre-order window has closed, until the game actually releases, I'm going to assume that you're trying to snow me in some respect. And that's not necessarily fair. At the end of the day, no, nothing would make me happier than having a game, Kenya Bridge of Spirits, come out tomorrow and be awesome. 
I would love it to be awesome. They would get my 40 bucks. I would buy it in two seconds. But sitting here right now, the day before it releases, knowing that code has gone out the door and that they have told folks they aren't allowed to talk about this game, I look at it and say, it's not a terribly great sign. My tweet was actually, they set the embargo for launch day. Hope for the best, but that's never a great sign. But hey, at least it exists. That's more than I can say for some Sony marketed indies of late. Again, more abandoned references to come. But I also wanted to draw your attention to the counter argument here because I think it's a good one. I'm pulling up some tweets by Dom's playing. I've told you about Dom before. If you're on Twitter, he does a lot of great financial analysis of the quarterly and annual reports that video game folks put out there. I highly recommend following him, but he disagrees with me. He says, I don't read into this as much for smaller games. There's a lot of interest in this particular title and sounds like codes have been going out for a few weeks now, at least. It's when codes are late that can make me nervous, embargoes less so. And I look at that and I say, huh, that's interesting. And I'm always interested in people that approach things from a different direction than I do. I respond to him. I say, interesting. I read these situations as almost the exact opposite. If you're a small company, you're racing to get codes out. That is understandable. It's coming in hot. We're trying to hit this launch day. Kenya has pretty famously now been delayed, I think, three times, if not four times. It was originally supposed to come out in 2020, and that can be forgiven. It's a very trying time to make video games in, but maybe this was a date where they're just trying to hit it and the codes are coming out hot. That doesn't appear to be the case here, though. If you look at this thread, and I will, of course, link it in the description of this video, you'll see a number of people talking about the fact that they have contacts in the gaming industry that have been playing this for a week or more, and it's clear that the contract itself just says you're not allowed to talk about it until after the release. So I say hiding people's opinions on the codes you did get out, that's much less understandable. He says, I don't consider it hiding when reviewers have plenty of time. That's fair. Not sure there's an actual correlation between embargo timing and quality. It's just something people infer for some reason. Doom 2016 was this situation, right? And it's fantastic. No Man's Sky, not as much. And I respond to that, and I'll tell you how I responded to it. And that's because Doom 2016 is a little bit different. Maybe you agree with Dom, maybe you agree with me. But Doom 2016, as reported on here in Kotaku by Jason Schreier back when he worked there, says... Publisher Bethesda has decided to hold back copies, telling critics that the game won't be available until it launches this Friday. Holding back review copies isn't an uncommon practice. Some publishers, especially when launching games with a big focus on online multiplayer, do it all the time. Now, in retrospect, we know that Doom 2016 wasn't made famous or popular by its multiplayer component, but we also know that Bethesda is a bit skittish on a lot of these things, especially to Kotaku, where Kotaku is still blacklisted and Bethesda doesn't provide them with any copies of their video games, even now today. You see Jason over at Kotaku say that this is common practice for some publishers. Blizzard, for example, rarely offers early access to their games. Games like StarCraft II and Diablo III weren't available to reviewers until their servers went live on release day, which probably was a little bit more defensively important five years ago. I don't know that we have the same thoughts now in 2021 towards Blizzard and their release policies as we might have back then. But he also points out that other games like Destiny, which is really living in the multiplayer world, don't go live until the day before they came out. Now, the problem here with this is a kind of defensive argument for this is twofold. One, we know the game is out. We know the code is out. That, to me, rings distinctly differently from not being able to get the game out or even deciding not to put it out. Bethesda, you could argue, was hiding the Doom code itself from folks, and that might be considered worse, but I do think it's a little bit different than just not having the code to give out, the game's not done, and trying to get something out for release, which... I don't know all the details behind the release of Doom 2016, but it is distinct 
from this particular game. The second item here that is a little bit problematic is that Kenya, as far as I know, isn't multiplayer at all. It's described on the PlayStation Store as a story-driven action-adventure set in a charming world rich with exploration and fast-paced combat. Sounds great. And a lot of people are very interested in it because its art design is wonderful. It looks like a Disney movie or a Pixar movie. But the other component here that's problematic, and this has been around now for a long, long time, is that pre-order concept, right? Here you see reference to pre-order rot hats. I believe the rot are these little guys that follow along, but again, game's not out, and I can't read any reviews on the game itself. The pre-order rot hats presumably are not going to be available to be purchased after the pre-order window has closed, which will be on the release of the game tomorrow. What that means is that this game developer has got code out into the wild, has told people not to talk about it, sworn them to secrecy. NDAs are powerful things, and you don't want to be on the wrong end of them if a company decides to come after you. So you got signed up to an NDA, you can't talk about it, and also we're going to try to incentivize people to purchase our product before they know anything about it. Now maybe this doesn't bother you, and rot hats are probably not driving a lot of the purchasing decisions here. I can understand both of those things. But as an overall concept, I don't love it. I don't love having an embargo on consumer reports, on people talking about your game. We don't even know if it's broken. We don't know if it exists. I hope it doesn't. I hope it's awesome and I'm playing it all week. But we don't know anything like that. And if you want those rot hats, they're going to disappear into the wind before you even get anybody telling you whether the game works or is any good. Now that's only part of what I wanted to talk to you all about today because as we've mentioned, this is a potpourri of timing questions. We also mentioned that Sony has been marketing this product and as I promised, Sony hasn't the best track record for marketing products recently. Abandoned on your screen right now appears for all the world to be abandoned. And this is a functional process of Sony leasing out its space on its blog. This is one of the reasons why you have people that are there as a job for Sony to, if you're going to try to sell this space, at least go and ascertain the likelihood of a game being released or of it being any good or of it becoming a major meme type thing like Blue Box and Abandon has this year. But speaking of Sony and their products, we should mention another game that comes out this week, Lost Judgment, which is a game I'm very excited about. Lost Judgment, of course, features a lawyer, which I love, hitting people with various sticks and skateboards and things, apparently now in a school setting, which, you know, isn't the day-to-day -day life that I live, but hopefully it's still a great game. I'm sure I will enjoy it when it comes out. The question is, when does it come out? Game rant here. Lost Judgment does not work on PlayStation consoles, despite, you don't see this in a headline very often, being released. Users are currently unable to download or play Lost Judgment on PlayStation consoles even after the release of the Deluxe and Ultimate Editions. That's interesting. Lost Judgment is out in some regions, but it seems like anyone who had pre-ordered the game is currently unable to play it. While the standard edition of the game does not come out until September 24th, the Deluxe and Ultimate Editions are scheduled to release on September 21st. And you now have the developer of the game coming out and saying, we've been made aware of delays regarding early access, more on that in just a second, on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 in New Zealand and Australia. As the time zones come around the globe, that's when you first have notice of problems with releases like this one. And we appreciate your patience while we resolve the issue as soon as possible. 
Now, that's one kind of problem if it's a release date and you're just, things aren't working out and the Sony system obviously has problems. It doesn't have smart delivery like the Xbox and the PlayStation release is just not working. But if you actually sold a different release with quote unquote early access, you've got potentially a bigger contract problem, right? As we can see here on this chart, we've got a standard edition, comes out on the 24th and doesn't get any extras. But if you pay them a little bit more money, $10 in this digital deluxe edition version, you get what they call three days early access. Now, if we scroll down here a little bit further, this is an article from The Gamer, you'll see that the digital deluxe edition costs that $10 more, but is supposed to have released on the Tuesday instead of the Friday. And what you get in addition to the three-day early access is not much at all. You get this Detective Essentials pack and you get character story expansion, but note the dates here. You don't get even that for a while yet in terms of the character story expansion, but even the Detective Essentials pack until Friday rolls around, which presumably you could buy these things separately, means that the $10 you're paying for this deluxe edition as of right now is for that quote-unquote early access. And if you're not being generous, you might frame that as the actual release date with essentially a premium fee charge for not having to wait three days for what they claim is the actual release date of the game. Looking at it from a legal perspective, you might even have a situation where, hey, maybe they owe you a refund. They're not delivering what they said they would deliver. And so we would turn our eyes to the PlayStation cancellation policy where we would find that you can cancel digital content purchase within 14 days, provided that you have not started downloading or streaming it, or unless the content is faulty, which it might be in this circumstance, even though the game has been reviewed and pretty positively, so the overall content wouldn't appear to be faulty. And that leads us back to the original article where Sony might find itself to be okay because the reporting on Lost Judgment is saying that people can't even download the game. And if that is in fact the case, then it's probably still available to them as an option to go and cancel their purchase of the game from Sony. Now, you and I know that's a bit of a hassle to actually go in and cancel these things, to have credit charges everywhere, and to not get what you wanted, which was to play Lost Judgment today or tomorrow if you're not living in New Zealand and Australia. But at the end of the day, we now have two bits of circumstances from the Sony side of things because we don't hear reporting about Lost Judgment having issues on the Xbox side that suggests that pre-orders, early access, digital downloads, and everything else are becoming increasingly problematic and to be aware of in the video game space. And we don't want to leave the other major console manufacturer out of this story, right? We've got a lost judgment issue. We've got potentially a Kenya issue. I don't love day and date embargoes. I don't love them backed up by pre-orders, but it's been happening more and more recently. But we also have a bit of a marketing problem on the Xbox side, very much related to what's happening with Lost Judgment. If we go and we look at the Game Pass, which I think we all realize now is Xbox's big marketing push for their Xbox brand, you see in bold letters, big as you can see, play new releases on day one. Play brand new games the same day they release and over 100 high quality games with Xbox Game Pass. The biggest games on day one. Enjoy incredible new games on day one, like Halo Infinite, as well as iconic franchises from Bethesda, indie games, blockbusters, and more. And what's the first thing you see, at least in my version of the webpage? I'm not sure if it'll be the first game that you see if you go and click on the link here in the description of the video. 
Forza Horizon 5, right under. Biggest games on day one. Play new releases on day one. Love it. Forza Horizon 5 looks awesome. Can't wait. Available November 9th, 2021. What a great day one release. Except if you go over and you look at the premium edition of Forza Horizon 5, you see that this game is available on November 5th, 2021. Now, I know we're in a legal framework here on YouTube. We talk about a lot of difficult things, but stay with me. November 5th, 2021 is before November 9th, 2021. And you can only get it on November 5th, 2021 if you pay Xbox $100 for the privilege. Now, they frame that as early access, right? Oh, it's early. But as far as I'm concerned... (laughs) Early access is not any different from delayed access for the other product. If this is done and finished and it comes out now, I don't think from a legal perspective, and no, this doesn't necessarily rise to the level of false advertising or FTC complaints or anything like that. I know that'll be the related question in the comments of this video and elsewhere. But if you frame something as coming out on day one, and then you say November 9th, 2021 is day one, I don't think it makes a ton of sense to release a different version of that product four days earlier as long as you pay Xbox $100. So this has been just a slight journey into virtual legality, talking about the business of video games. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of answers for you on this kind of thing. I don't think you're looking at contractual breaches. I don't think you're looking at a problem with respect to lost judgment as long as you can cancel under Sony's cancellation policy. And a lot of people don't even necessarily agree with me on the question of whether or not day one embargoes are a problem. So maybe at the end of this, you can let me know in the comments to this video whether you think any of these stories are more important than the other ones. But what we can definitely agree on is that timing questions, what is day one? What is pre-order? When are embargoes a good thing? When are they too much? And what are companies realistically gonna have to do if they're gonna sell early access to make sure that they don't have problems like is happening with Lost Judgment. All of those stories I think are important to keep track of in video gaming. And hopefully you have some thoughts that you can share with me as comments to this video of your own. If you enjoy talking about these things, the law and business of video games, pop culture, television, movies, and more, please consider supporting the channel. We're having these kinds of conversations all the time. We've got a Patreon, other ways to support in the description of the video, or just subscribing and telling your friends we're here having these conversations, linking our videos where you are and where I'm not is always very, very helpful. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.